Ah, so we have some changes coming to our next season, season three of Morning Murders. Uh, we started this project during the pandemic, and life was a little bit different, as we all know. Yeah, moving forward, we'll be doing our best to release new episodes every Monday. There may be times that we have to let the coffee brew a while longer. So thank you for being a bean Beans. and sticking with us. We are so grateful for all the support and excitement with this little podcast we like to call Morning Murders. And we look forward to sharing more stories and coffee with all of you. Stay safe and enjoy all the cups of coffee. Our episodes contain graphic information that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Would you like some murder with your coffee? Welcome to Morning Murders. I'm Nicole. I'm Amanda. And Brenna's not here. <laughs> <laughs> Brenna's not joining us today. She's under the weather. So please, beans, bring your bean forces together and be the beaniest beans you can and send her all the bean love. All the beanie love. All the beanie love. So she can love. get better. Yes. I ran these girls rampant with my wedding week. Because <laughs> you are married lady I'm now. a married freaking lady You're now. Uh, know, it's no big deal, but um, oh the party God. was so good that Brenna has no voice and, and is very sick. <laughs> so I'm so sorry. We love you. We love Beautiful you. bean water. Um, yes. So, and, yeah. Today we're just two girls who like to sit around. Two girls and, and four, four cups. cups. <laughs> we have so many drinks. So We've many got drinks. wine and coffee and water. Yeah. So many things. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> and a bear. Wait, no. Oh god. Oh dear. <laughs> oh no. But today, ladies and beans, this one uh, we've been asked to do by a few people. Uh, one of our lovely beans, Autumn, she's recommended this one. And then your sister too, right, Carly? Yes, my sister Carly wanted this one for her birthday, which was a while ago. But oh, well. you're getting it now. Here it is. Happy on birthday. Yeah. A very merry on birthday to you. Um, so today we're going to talk about your boogeyman. My official boogeyman. Let's head over to Chicago, 1970s. Um, so I know you have, but I'll ask it anyways. Ladies and beans, have you ever heard of John Wayne Gacy? I mean, <laughs> I'm like, do we answer this one? Yeah, no, I grew up. Uh, I grew up in a suburb. Uh, that was close to this. So I grew up in Niles, Illinois, which is right next to Desplaines, Illinois. It is pronounced Desplaines. We're just going to start right there. Desplaines. <laughs> Not Desplaines. Desplaines. Um, and I definitely grew up hearing all about Gacy. And uh, his parents are actually buried in the Mary Hill Cemetery, I believe, which was a block away from where I grew up. Whoa. Yeah. And this was all before my time, but it was still like, you don't do this because Gacy could get you. And of course, now looking back on it, I'm like, I was not his M.O., but we'll get into that. You really weren't. I was not. You really were okay. But I'm real excited to hear your story. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Let's get into it. All right. Well, I mean, I watched the confession tapes on Netflix. Same. Um, And I just watched it because, like, I hadn't watched it before because it just came out this year. Yeah. Um, And like, Sorry. Did you see the Dahmer ones, too? 
I didn't see Dahmer. I've watched the Ted one, and I've watched Gacy now, so I haven't seen Dahmer yet. Um, And I also have not watched the Dahmer series yet. Oh, okay. Well, that'll be a whole episode. We'll talk about it. That's true. I'm (laughs) hesitant to watch it, but that's that's a whole other episode. No, I understand, yeah. Um, But, like, hearing Gacy talk, like, I see pictures of him all the time, but I didn't. The way he sounds is not what I thought he was going to sound like. Mm. And, like, I know I've heard him talk before, but, like, hearing him in so many tapes and talk for such a long period of time, I was like, oh, this is what he sounds like. For some reason, I don't know, my brain thought he was going to sound different. I don't know, because he's, like, a clown. I don't I don't know what it was, but, like, right. something about it, I was like, oh, that's what he sounds like. Okay. I mean, ugh. It was really mm. unnerving just to, like, hear him talk about stuff. Mm. Um, I actually have a clip that I'll share later about something that he talks about that I was like, I'm just going to let him use his own words. Um, and also, though, I, I liked that it had survivors in it, because there were a lot yeah. of, like, not everybody died. Uh, he, he did let people go and like hearing their their stories too was really powerful um and really upsetting because like even so many years later as an adult as a grown-up as like all life has happened it still so majorly affects them mm-hmm. um but yeah if you haven't watched the uh, the miniseries yet i highly recommend it conversations with a serial killer the john wayne gacy tapes but as we do let's start at the beginning before we get too far ahead of ourselves So John Wayne Gacy Jr., who was described by some to be pushy and a fast driver, who liked to be called John or J.W., (laughs) was born on March 17, 1942. He was born in Chicago to John Wayne Gacy and Marion Elaine. They were Polish and Danish in heritage, which does play a part later on in Gacy's life. He ends up being very political later because he loves power. Mm. Um, So Gacy had a very difficult relationship with his father. And I've heard this a lot, too. Like, people talk about the abuse and um, just how horrible his father was and all the names that he called him. And, like, it doesn't excuse what he later does in life, but it also, like, didn't help him grow up correctly. Didn't set him up for success. Not at all. Not at all. Like, um an alcoholic abuse who constantly calls him names like being weak and being a sissy boy. And when he was 11, his father hit him on the head so hard that it caused a blood clot. Like, that's crazy. And the blood clot wasn't discovered until he was 16. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, I mean, that could explain a good amount of it. Interesting. Head trauma is a huge deal, especially when you're a child and your brain is still, like, developing. And you hear that a lot. mm -hmm. Like, oh, this person fell out of a tree. Serial killer. (laughs) I mean, not all of them, let's be real. But it's just, you know. Head injury does sometimes lead to that. It does because it can, you know, it just messes up your brain function, how you your brain grows together or whatever. Yeah. But he started getting blackouts, and that's what gave him the clue. And so he, he went on some medications, and it dissolved the blood clot. So huh. it eventually went away. Um, his father was really nice when he was sober, but was super awful when he was drunk. And he would go down to the basement a lot, and that was, like, the father's safe place. And he would scream at the kids if they ever came down there. I also read that, like, that's where a lot of the abuse happened, too. Like, he'd take the kid to the basement mm. and, like, beat Gacy. Like, kids aren't already afraid of basements I enough. I know. Basements are scary. Yeah, I definitely was the kid that would turn off the lights and run really fast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The basement we had growing up, like, all looked creepy, too. Like, my, my dad fixed up one of the areas that looks like a really nice office and, like, a bed. He's got, like, good walls. But the other room you had exposed walls. And and, like, this hole that would go underneath the house oh. and, like, never went in there. But, like, always afraid some, like, crazy creature was going to come out of there and be There's like, somebody oh. living in there. Oh, God, maybe. <laughs> Ooh, those are some scary stories, two people living in your houses. So uh, I also read that, like, his sisters and his mom were really sweet to him. They call him Johnny, and they were always really kind to him. Um, Marin was kind of, like, the opposite of his father. But Gacy became obsessed with her underwear because it was, like, 
really soft. And like something that I read was like he liked it so much because it was soft it reminded him of her. I don't know. But she got really upset when he when she discovered that he was having this underwear and she like threatened to make him wear it if she caught him with it again. Oi, yeah. that's not the answer. No, like it's not it's not helpful to just like continue to shame. Shame. Yeah. Shame's not going to do anything. So he ends up dropping out of high school before he even finishes his senior year and he leaves the family. He went to Vegas. <gasps> Yeah, I don't Oy. know if you knew that, but he went to Vegas, but when he ran out of money, he just worked a bunch so he could get a ticket to get back home. So he wasn't here, like, crazy long. But I thought that was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, he never went back to high school, though. He ended up attending Northwestern Business College and graduated. Mm-hmm. He started working at Nunbush Shoe Company in a management trainee position in 1964, and that was in Springfield, Illinois. Um, and he met Marilyn Myers. And that's, like, they were co-workers together, and they got married September of that year, so it was real fast. Mm. Um, And then he started getting more involved in the community. He joined this group called the JCs and even became the vice president of the Springfield chapter, I guess, in, like, 1965. Yeah. And um, Marilyn's uh, parents bought a group of KFCs. So they were over in Waterloo, Iowa, which is why they moved to Waterloo for a period of time. Waterloo. Sorry, I can't help it. Uh, Literally, I write down... So, okay, I say, the Gacy's are now in Waterloo. Every time I say Waterloo, I think of the ABBA song. <laughs> How can you not? How can you not? Fun fact that I found out is they won Eurovision in 1974 with that song. Hey, Waterloo. Abba. To ABBA. To ABBA. Cheers. Cheers to ABBA. Hey. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> so the couple moves to... Waterloo. They have two kids. A Please bo- sing it the rest of the <laughs> Every time Waterloo Please. comes up. Waterloo. Thank you. So they have two kids, a boy named Mike and a girl named Christine. Uh, Gacy again joins the JCs in Waterloo. <laughs> uh, now, to my understanding, the JCs is a group of young men who do, like, they get involved in community events. They do a lot of charity work. What does it stand for? Four. So it's just, it's J-A-Y-C-E-E-S. It's oh. not J-C, which is what I thought it was oh. until I, like, saw like, it written down. Jesus Christ. Or, like, Jamie's Cookies. Jamie's Cookies. Yeah. So it's spelled out, J-C's. It's just, like, the name of the group. Oh. I know. When I first started writing it out in my notes, I thought it was the letter J and the letter C. It is not. It is J-A-Y-C-E-S. But is it supposed to be, like, ha we're doing the work of Jesus Christ. No, they don't seem like a religious group. They're just, like, it's, like, all young boys that, like, like, do charity work. I think it's kind of like building up your rapport, right? Making you a known person. A lot of political stuff okay. to like get you in a good graces with like a lot of like a fraternity wigs. is yes. supposed to. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it feels very much like a like okay. a fraternity vibe. Okay. Um, there was talk of darker sides of the JCs though, hey. involving prostitution, pornography, Aww, come on. drugs. Well, Vegas. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Vegas. Regar- but regardless of the JC's involvement in all of that, Gacy definitely dabbled in all of that. Um, in the documentary series, one of the speakers is a surviving victim of Gacy's named Steve Nemers, and he recalled a deeply upsetting event that took place that still haunts him. So Gacy had invited some of the boys over to the house because his wife and kids were gone. They partied, drank, played pool. At one point in the evening, some of the older boys wanted to go to another party. He said it would probably be good for Steve to stay the night at Gacy's because he'd been drinking and he was underage. Steve didn't want to stay, but also great is probably the safest option. So he and Gacy continued to play pool all night. It was fun at first. They even played for money. Um, But after all the others left, Gacy decided to up the stakes. Mm. He tells Steve that if he wins, then Steve has to perform a sexual act on him. And if Steve wins, then Gacy will perform one on him. 
Steve instantly said no. He did not want to do that. Gacy began to laugh at him, and he said, oh, I'm just playing a psychological game with you. Then Gacy asks him if he'd ever seen a stag film before, which is pornography, right. but they call it stag. Right. Um, and he proceeds to play one for Steve. So while Steve is watching this stag film, he hears the gun before he feels the gun. And Gacy puts a gun to the back of his head. It touches his head, and Gacy demands that he drops his pants and perform a sexual act on him. Steve cries and begs him not to do that. And then Gacy laughs at him again and says, pull up your pants. It's just another psychological game. So Steve relaxes. No, he's trying to test the waters Hell to see if yeah, he can he groom this kid. Absolutely. What? So Steve relaxes, and then Gacy said they should probably go to bed. In the middle of the night, Steve wakes up because he feels Gacy's hand rubbing <gasps> his thigh. No, no, no. He looked up and sees Gacy hovering over him with a knife. He again demanded a sexual act from Steve that they go pick up right where they left off. And Steve again cries and cries and begs him not to do that. And he's terrified. He's his child. Gacy laughs again and said he's disappointed he can't break Steve. It's just psychological games. After Gacy leaves the room, Steve gets up, gets dressed, and sits on the edge of the bed all night long. He did not go to sleep. And as soon as 6.30 a.m. rolled around, he asked Gacy to take him home. On the drive I'm back. I'm surprised he didn't just freaking dip in the middle of the night. I don't think he could because of like where they were, it would have been really unsafe and he had nowhere to go because right. like he was driven there. He's far because <sighs> it's a long drive back home oh, to where okay. he lives. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so it just wasn't like it's like both of these are really unsafe options. What is the safer of the unsafest options? Jeez. So on the drive back, Gacy threatens Steve. So Gacy's told a bunch of folks in Waterloo that he knows people in Chicago. And he mentions this again to Steve. He told him that if he ever told anyone, he would call his Chicago connections to deal with Steve. So Steve never told anyone. He was also really young and just a scared boy, and Gacy was an adult. Oof. Yeah. Then there was Donald Voorhees Jr. Now, this incident— No she, relationship no, to Jason Voorhees. <laughs> no relation. No relation. But I did laugh when I saw the name. Like, not the, it's no, not the it same not thing. The same. It's very different. Now, this incident changed a lot for Gacy. So Donald was the young son of Donald Voorhees Sr., who was an important person in the JCs. He might have been like a president or a former president, something like that. Um, and he was a friend of Gacy's, his father was. So Gacy picked up Donald Jr. one day when he was hitchhiking. He took him back to his place, and Gacy claims that Donald Jr. brought up stag films. And so Gacy put one on. He got horny watching the film, as Gacy puts it. Donald blew him, and then he blew Donald, who is a senior in high school. Donald Jr. later told his father what happened, who, of course, freaks out, and then charges get filed. Gacy was charged with sodomy. He was sent to a doctor for evaluation, and it came back that he had antisocial personality disorder, twisted the truth, blames others for everything, and takes zero responsibility for his actions. Mm -hmm. Gacy was also said to be regularly paying young boys $50 for sex, and then he would blackmail those boys to keep the abuse going on. And one of those victims he later paid to beat up Donald Jr. to keep him out of testifying in court on the sodomy charge. Yeesh. Yeah. But he's found guilty of sodomy and um, is basically instantly served divorce papers from his wife. He is sentenced to 10 years in 1968, and that was the last time he ever saw his wife and children. Yeah, good for her. Yeah. Also, while he was incarcerated, his father died. He was never informed when his dad was hospitalized and was finally told of his passing afterwards. His father died on Christmas Day in 1969. Oof. I know. It's like, 
It was like a weird thing too, because like Gacy talks about how awful his father is, but how much he always like wanted his approval and could never get right. his approval. And now of he's course. dead. So he only served eighteen months of his ten year sentence before of he was ten yeah. year. What? Mm-hmm. But I guess it was actually really common. So he was in this place called Enemosa Reformatory, and uh, it was pretty common for people there to like. If, depending on how long their sentencing were, as long as they were good, they'd get out within like two years. But they got, he got out a little earlier and so did his roommate. But while he was there, he was a line cook. He was the first line cook, which was a pretty big deal. And it meant that he had a lot of power over inmates. So not only was he in charge of your food, so like if you pissed right. him off, he wouldn't feed you. Oh, wow. But he was or all, poison you. Or poison you, exactly. He was in charge of the whole kitchen, which was about 55 inmates. So he had like already had this group that he could just manipulate and control. So he was like red from Orange is the New Black. (laughs) Boom. Okay. Okay. I see it now. And while he was there, he recruited a bunch of young boys for the JC. He just like started recruiting people. Right, because the JC definitely wants inmates. That that was the point of that group. Let's do that. All right. But he did it. He, He got so many people involved that he's actually named Man of the Year. While he's incarcerated. While he's incarcerated. <laughs> Guys, these pickings must have been slim. Because if that's the man of the year, we got bigger problems. We got, we got bigger fish to fry. Uh, he also got the first mini golf course built at Animosa. 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 Yeah, Animosa. That's it. Animosa? Animosa? Anna. And Elsa. Uh, uh, side note, Anna, Anna Elsa, is... Anna the, Elsa Mosa. Anna Elsa Mosa. <laughs> Anna Elsa Mimosa. Oh. Anna Disney is French. the main character in Frozen, in case anyone is confused. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I feel like she, you've got some deep down beef about that. Anyways, back to Casey. So, wow. Uh, that's for later. <laughs> beep, beep. Okay. Beep, beep. Uh, so while he was there, there's also a story that he'd been walking around and he saw two inmates performing sexual acts on each other. And Gacy kicked the men in the face four times and broke his jaw. Oh, but he yeah. was just jealous. I'll talk more about how he feels about that later because he 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 has the thing. Oh, anyways. But again, as I uh, as a reminder, he only spent 18 months there before he was released of his 10-year sentence. Hi. So once he was released, which uh, also he earned his high school degree while he was incarcerated, uh, he left Waterloo and went back to Chicago. I t- I would, you asked me to do it every time I'm doing it. I know, it never gets old. <laughs> uh, so he went back to Chicago to live with his mother. Uh, he also successfully hid all of what happened when he got back to Chicago for a very long time. No one knew about these incidences. Um, it wasn't until 1978 that anything ever came to light. So oh. like 10 years. They didn't even know he went away for, for the sodomy? Nope. No one knew that he got incarcerated. But they weren't like, hey, yeah, I haven't talked to my son in 18 months. Nobody. Well, damn. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if, like, maybe his mother knew, but, like, as far as the community knew, no one in town knew any of these things. They just thought, it's this nice guy, Gacy, who's also Pogo the Clown. Wow. Um, Yeah. So Gacy got a job as a chef, and soon after he bought a house with the help of his mother, 8213 West Summerdale Avenue. This house would be a place of nightmares for so many, so many young boys. And this house had a four-foot-deep crawl space that ran under the entire house. Now, in 1971, he picked up a boy and tried to force him to have sex with him. The boy got away and told the police. Gacy was charged with disorderly conduct, but the complaint was dropped when the boy did not appear in court. 
Because it was dropped, the Iowa Board of Parole did not hear about it. So Gacy was just charged from parole in October of that year with no issues. Ugh. Yeah. And then in June 1970. Wait, he was allowed to cross state lines? I guess maybe because of family. I don't know what the rule was. Uh, okay. But he didn't, or they just didn't know he did it. I'm Possibly. not sure. But he definitely left, but then they didn't hear about any issues, so nothing ever happened. Okay. Um, then in June 1972, Gacy is charged with battery and arrested. A boy claimed that Gacy flashed a badge and got the kid to get into his car and proceeded to force him to have sex. These charges, again, were dropped. <gasps> Why? Nothing stuck. Uh, they didn't believe the kid. I don't know. 70s, baby. Uh, summer, Brenna, of summer of love. Summer of love. That same month, he marries Carol Hoff. They had kind of known each other since they were teenagers and, like, reconnected. She had two children, two young girls. He was very honest with Carol, though. He told her that he was bi and that she didn't need to worry about him ever leaving her for a man because he wasn't homosexual and that he was, in fact, completely against gay men. Now, I thought that it would be best for you beans and ladies to hear his thoughts on sexual orientation in his own words since, well, he was on a board that studied homosexuality. There's three types of sexes. There's heterosexual, there's homosexual, and there's bisexual. You know, you can't take the clinical definition and apply it to me because I don't think that way. A heterosexual is one who's in love with the opposite sex. A homosexual is one who's in love with his own sex. Now, a bisexual has sex just for having sex. To me, it's like a form of masturbation. He'll have sex with either one with no feeling involved. So I honestly can say that I've never had a homosexual relationship because all I've ever, you know, either oral or animal intercourse, with no love making. There was no feeling there, there was no love. Okay, now, I got a problem with that. Uh-huh. I got a real problem with that, and we don't need to go into my bi-wife energy right now. But, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously that's a whole load of bullshit, and we all know that in 2022. That oh, yeah. not what bisexuality means no. by any means. It not doesn't at mean all. we have no feelings whatsoever. Quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. Yeah. yeah. I literally, I had to rewind it and listen to him again. I was like, did he just, he did. He did just, he did just. I'm sorry. That's not that's not true no, at all, sir. No, but in his reality it is. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's how he justifies everything in his mm-hmm. head. Yeah, I, he says love making is only heterosexual and homosexual relationships and bisexuals only have sex to have sex. I mean, oh, any, anyone, that easy. <laughs> anyone can just have sex to have sex. It doesn't matter what your sexual orientation exactly. is. And also, you can love and no matter what your sexual orientation is. And you can love anybody and have anyone. you can make love and do whatever you want. Yes. Or not. You can also, like, yeah. be in really wonderful relationships and not do any of or that. Or be in a wonderful relationship with yourself, damn exactly. it. You know what I mean? It's all good. Yes. Oh, man. I just... <laughs> just... So, they were married. And she and her daughters moved into the Summerdale house. Then, in 1975, he starts his own business. Amanda, do you remember the name of the business? I don't, but I do know it was a construction business. That's right. Hey. Hey. Uh, PDM Contractors, a mm. construction company. The PDM. Penis, dick, in mouth <laughs> contractors. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's it. That's you it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Painting, decorating, and maintenance. Oh, that, that close. too. It's very yeah. close. I mean, that also happened. <laughs> So all of the people he hired were young, lanky, blonde boys. Mm-hmm. He claimed that he liked hiring young men to help them build character and grow. Said that he was like a father to a lot of them. 
One boy uh, talks in the documentary, all grown up, of course. He told a story about how he was digging a big hole for a barbecue for Gacy, um, like for his house. He was building this mm-hmm. barbecue. So it was this big hole in the backyard. So Gacy made him dig deeper and deeper. And the kid kind of thought it was weird because he's like, I'm pretty sure this is deep enough by now. But he didn't question Gacy because he was the adult with more experience. Gacy threw these parties at the house and was always, like, making it the place to be. And the kid remembers, or as an adult, obviously, remembers, like, he came back the next day and was already filled with concrete. And he's like, that's weird. Like, to, like, finish the job, but it was already, he'd already done it. And he's like, well, that's interesting. Because he buried a body. Yeah, no duh. buried a body. But then he's, like, having all these fun parties around this barbecue that gets built. And, like, the parties he threw were, like, Always had the important people, big wigs, judges, political folks, if you will. And he always had a theme, I guess. And it was like cowboy theme or like mm. whatever. It was always I mean, a theme we do party. love a theme. Gotta love a good theme. Do you know who really loves a theme? Us gays. Oh, so, yes. Even oh. though you say you're not gaysy, you love a theme. Love a theme. And we would have been cool if you were cool. I know, Just but saying. he's not. You're not, not cool. Not cool. Not cool at all. And uh, spoiler alert, Gacy's marriage starts to have issues in like... 1975. Hmm. Their sex life has all but totally disappeared, and Gacy goes out at night for very long hours. Carol also found wallets with young men's IDs around and noticed that he was bringing more homosexual pornography into the house. They were divorced in March 1976. Gacy loved power. He once said that there was the right way, there was the wrong way, and then there was his way. Excuse me while I barf. I know. He became very active in the Democratic Party. He volunteered to clean various offices and he moved up to precinct captain, which I guess was a pretty big deal. I really don't know much about it. Um, But he was also very involved in the Polish community. He was the type that wanted to know everyone and more importantly, wanted everyone to know him. He loved the limelight. Like, he talks about how much he loves the limelight. So when everything, like, hits the fan later, he actually loves the added attention and, like, completely milks it. But I thought about um, Ted Bundy because he used mm-hmm. the Republican Party, right? They he, they both joined these big political parties to, like, get in there and have influence. Politics is power. Gacy said, I am a power person. I enjoy power. He's just so full of all these Gross. shit things. So Pogo the Clown, as we all know, his, mm. like, wonderful Alter clown. Alter ego. Alter ego. <laughs> would also attend these many events. Um, The clown persona he created would um, entertain children, the elderly. He'd visit children in hospitals, even go to political events and parades as Pogo. I didn't realize, uh, this is a genuine thing, I never, like, loved clowns, but they just, like, meh. And I didn't really realize it until I was old enough to get it that I'm like, oh, it's literally because I heard about Gacy my entire childhood Uh and immediately was like, clowns are not cool. Like, we had a family friend who was a clown, and I remember, like, enjoying her, but even then being like, just because I know you out of makeup, this is fine, but, like, I don't like them. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. I am also not a clown person, which I know I wrote about, so I'm sure I'll talk about it in a second. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote notes. Um, So, uh, through this, like, membership in a local moose club, the I had to look it up. The Loyal Order of Moose, which is like a fraternal service organization, also like a, you know, fraternity club thing okay. or whatever. And it was founded in 1888. But Gacy learned about another club, Jolly Joker Clown Club. Jolly Joker Clown Club. Jolly Joker, Joker Clown, Clown Club. Club. That's hard to say. It is. I didn't realize. So it's so the hard. JJCC. JJCC. Oh, Ooh. my God. <laughs> You didn't put that together. together. It's like, JC wasn't enough. Now we're the JJCC. 
<laughs> oh my god! I literally didn't put that together at all. W W J J C C. Oh, Jiminy <laughs> Cricket! Jiminy Cricket! Oh dear! So, <laughs> members of this J J C C club, uh, so members of this club would perform regularly in events, parades, and hospitals. You're clowns. And in 1975, Gacy joined the club. He created two characters. I didn't know about the second character. So he had Pogo the Clown and Patches the Clown. Oh. So he even designed the costumes and the makeup for the clown characters. Pogo was the happy clown, and Patches was the serious clown. Did they have, like, um, I don't know if you're already going to go into it, like, because you know how clowns have, like, the pointed clowns are bad and, like, rounded clowns. Like, if you do your makeup with points, it's Uh supposed to be, like, evil. But if you do your makeup with all rounded edges, then you're, like, a good clown. I did not know that. It didn't talk about that in the article I read. Oh, no. I mean, I just learned about that because Brenna and I do clown makeup sometimes oh, right. yeah, for yeah. burlesque stuff and we were like oh we should be bad clowns because we learned about that ah that's a fun fact I'm sorry why you're, I just I want to look up his yeah look up patches I actually I only found pictures of Pogo I was going to say I don't even know if there will be any because he definitely did Pogo more often but patches did exist oh god I really wish I hadn't done this why? Just because it's freaking oh, yeah. terrifying. No, scary. I can only see. It's only Pogo. Pogo. But it is, he does absolutely have like the, like look at these lines, very sharp oh, yeah, yeah. over the eyes, very sharp around <gasps> oh the God, mouth. Oh my Pogo is evil. But Pogo's supposed to be the happy clown. Evil AF. Well, I mean, maybe he just didn't know it at the time, but like the real clowns were like, you knew it in your heart. You knew. Well, in like, uh, I think it was in the documentary, he... Someone says that he would always say there's him, there's Pogo, and then there's the evil him. Mm. Yeah, or maybe it was on, might have been on Morbid. Sorry, I'm just freaking out because someone also made, there are action figures in his, like, two different outfits, which maybe that's Pogo and Patches, because there's two different outfits. Oh, maybe. That seems about right. (laughs) All right, I'm putting this away. All right, we're done here. So he made zero money off of these performances he would do as Pogo and Patches. Um, He just loved doing it. Sometimes he would stay in his clown outfit and makeup after events and go drink at a bar, which would be quite a sight to see, I'm sure. <laughs> in full clown full makeup? Full clown makeup, just chilling at a bar, having a drink. I mean, we've gone to, to bars after shows looking weird. It's true. It's true. I think one of my favorite things that I used to do was uh, when I was in Evil Dead um, and I'd be covered in blood after the show, I'd go to Walmart. To just like buy a normal thing, and no one probably asked oh, you anything. It depended because I had one woman run up to me, and I was like, "Oh, it's it's Kool Aid." Yeah, <laughs> it's fake. fake. It's very fake. That's so funny. I did the same thing when I worked at Coratorium. I would show up at like the drive-throughs and be like, "I just want a burger," and they're like, "Oh, ma'am, half your face is burned off." I'm like, "Oh, it's latex. It's cool. It's cool. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine." Um. I wrote here because uh, we see a lot, some pretty crazy things here in Vegas. And um, do you have any like crazy thing that you've seen in a bar aside from like I guess our normal stuff? Oh, I don't. Maybe because we're always the weirdest thing at the bar this is that true. like I don't really notice it because I have gone to the bar in the weirdest makeup and the weirdest just like leftover show hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just. I, seen everything same yeah <laughs> I was trying to think about it I'm like I mean I feel like it's crazier when it's like a smaller town or it's not something that's very entertainment based but here in Vegas you see all kinds of crazy right things. like you see like characters with their heads off throwing up oh, on the gosh. side of the strip like you, you know yep. it nothing faces us here nothing surprising uh so Gacy told interviewers later that he could get away with a lot as a clown sit on women's laps without anyone being weird and he said that he basically could get away with murder 
So this clown persona he had and became so well known that his nickname uh, for some of the murders was Killer Clown. So that's what some people call him. Mm. John Wayne Gacy, the killer clown. Although he didn't kill anybody He's in the clown killer. outfit. Clown. <laughs> so I'm done. Sorry. Perfect. <laughs> you can't take perfect. But we need Brenna here to keep me under control. It's okay. True. Brenna. Um, oh, here's where I wrote my clown thing. So I have always not been a clown fan. And I don't mean like the art form of clowning. I love clowning and like clown work. I right. think that is really cool. I've always been scared of the classic clown, like it. And I think it's because when I was really little, I walked in on my parents watching it. Mm. And like it scared the shit out of me. I had an ex who loved clowns. No. Loved them. No. Loved to collect the art, loved to have all the creepy statues. And I should have known right there like this relationship wasn't going to work out, but yeah. Ooh, yeah. you know. Loved my grandparents clowns. always had like little clown figurines and I was always like these are so scary looking. Why are these in the house? Um and then when I guess so when the cops first searched Gacy's house, they noticed these elaborate clown paintings all over the place. I was like that's fun. That's great. And the, the first search took place in 1978. And that was Robert Peast, who was 15 years old and went missing on December 11th, 1978. After work in Des Plaines. Des Plaines. Des Plaines. He was a gymnast, photographer, and a hiker. Uh, he worked at a pharmacy, and he had left to speak to a contractor who was just in the pharmacy about a job. Nice. That man was John Wayne Gacy. Mm -hmm. When Rob did not come home, everyone knew something was wrong. It was his mother's birthday, too, and, like, he was not the type of kid to miss out on anything like that. And his parents had to literally convince the police that Rob didn't just run away. Right. Because, like, they were like, oh, he'll be fine. I'll come back. Like, no, come on, man. Teenagers do that. They don't, though. But once the police started to seriously investigate the disappearance, they got a list of people that were in the pharmacy that day, and on that list was Gacy, and the seals around his secret life began to crack. Because when they started to pull up information on Gacy, they discovered the sodomy charge. Mm. And that shook the community. They had no idea. Gacy was just this really nice, caring, giving person who was a clown that everybody loved, and it was all a lie. Gacy manipulated everyone and blamed them all for his problems. So the police followed Gacy's work van, hoping that it might lead them to Rob one night, but it ended up being one of his employees. It was then that Gacy knew something was going on, and the cops had also asked him to come in earlier, but he told them that he wouldn't be able to come in until later on. He ended up going to Sam Amaranti. Um, at the time, Sam had just started his own practice. He was a lawyer. He was a public defender. Uh, John asked him to find out why the police were following him, and it was then that Gacy became Sam's first client in his new private practice. He didn't know what he was getting into. Yeah, geez, what a first case. <laughs> yeah. That's just like the woman that uh, interviewed Dahmer. Same thing. She was like, yeah, it was my first case. It's cool. It's all good. It's fine. Everything's oh fine. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> just creamy. One never knows. Yep. Uh, Gacy did end up going to the police station uh, like they'd asked him to at three in the morning. No one was there that wanted to speak to him. Oh. And, like, the receptionist was like, um, no one's here can you come back later? I guess so. I'll come back at 3 o'clock tomorrow. Oh, right. So he said he'd come back. So, um, But when he was there, they noticed that his car was covered in mud and that he had mud on himself too, which obviously folks thought were, was pretty odd. And he came in the next day and he, they kept him there for a while, just like small talk while they tried to obtain a warrant to search his place. Ah. They flat out asked him though if they could like search his place. They were like, hey man, do you mind if we like look at your place? And he was like, no, do not look at my no. place. They got a warrant though and they obtained his keys. 
They went into the house and they were met with, like I said, those lovely creepy AF um, clown paintings. Uh, They also found sex toys, torture toys, and even books on hurting young gay boys. What? Yeah. I'm sorry. Why do those books exist? Who writes books like this? They showed the pictures of them in the documentary. They look like children's books. Like they're like really soft um, artwork on front. But it's basically, it's like, what is it? Not propaganda. But like. It's like books against, you know, young gay boys and how to fix them or something. Like, they're just they're not, not, not nice books. Um, they found a high school ring, IDs of many young boys, <gasps> and items that belonged to different people. They even stumbled upon the crawl space. The entrance was in the front closet. They started to look for a fresh mound of dirt, but they didn't find anything. They didn't see anything in the crawl space. Nothing. They were literally on top of the bodies and had no idea at the time. I, like, freaked out when, when they said that. Like, they were literally in there and just didn't know because, like, the smell wasn't happening because it wasn't, it wasn't hot. Yeah. It was cold. And, like, they, there was nothing visually that they could see because he buried them so well. Like, they were literally in there and had no idea that they were standing on top of bodies. It's absolutely insane. Um, so they didn't have enough to hold him, so they had to let him go. Now, ladies and beans, now that that is out of the way, we are going to start approaching uh, much more upsetting and sad parts of the story. Um, I'm going to save those details of the murders and the trial and conviction for next week's episode, um, giving us all a chance to mentally prep and make some extra pots of coffee and get through it all. I did want to leave you with this, though, the list of the young men that we are going to be talking about next week. I'm going to hopefully not mess up these names. So, we have Timothy McCoy, 18 years old, January 1972. John Bukovich, 17, July 1975. Darnell Sampson, 18, April 1976. Randell Rafit, 15, May 1976. Sam Stempleton, 14, May 1976. Michael Bonanin, 17, June 1976. William Carroll, 16, June 1976. Rick Johnson, 17, August 1976. Kenneth Parker, 16, October 1976. Michael Marino, 14, October 1976. Gregory Godzik, 17, December 1976. John Sizik, 19, January 1977. John Prestige, 20, March 1977. Matthew Bowman, 19, July 1977. Robert Gilroy, 18, September 1977. John Mowry, 19, September 1977. Russell Nelson, 21, October 1977. Robert Winch, 16, November 1977. Tommy. This is. I was not ready for this list Mm -hmm. to be this long. Tommy Bowling, 20, November 1977. David Talsma, 19, December 1977. William Kindred, 19, February 1978. Timothy O'Rourke, 20, June 1978. Frank Langdingen, 19, November 1978. James Mazzara, 21, November 1978. Robert Peast, 15, December 1978. These aren't even all of them. That's 25 names, and there are 33 bodies that are discovered. <gasps> Only 25 are ever identified. Mm-hmm. That's horrible. So, the story will continue next week. Thank you for joining us, Beans. And hopefully Brenna will be back with us for the next episode. Buena. And Autumn, I hope that you are ready for what is about to come. I know Carly knows. Carly Carly knows. knows. Carly's seen some shit. (laughs) (laughs) So join us next Monday for John Wayne Gacy Part 2 here on Morning Murders. Brenna. 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 We love you.
Thank you for listening to Morning Murders. Remember to stop by every Monday for a new episode. And you can always check out our resources and mental health links in our show notes. If you enjoyed listening to our highly caffeinated conversation, please leave us a five-star rating and check us out on Instagram at Morning Murders. That's at M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G-M-U-R-D-E-R-S. If you have any stories you'd like to hear discuss around the breakfast nook, email us at morningmurders at gmail.com. Thank you for listening! Oh god. I'm in. Oh, this is so weird. Uh, No, Brenna. No, Brenna. Are we doing the warm-up still? No, Brenna. No, Brenna. No, Brenna. Brenna, Brenna. I'm gonna move up because I'm gonna I'm far away. Sit sideways. Mm, yes. Oh dear. <laughs> oh, oh, on the microphone. Oh, be hot on the mic. Hot on the microphone. <laughs> it doesn't matter anyway. Nothing really matters. Meow 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 meow. That is a Halloween costume I am considering. Oh. Because all you need is like a tight red lace dress and like the red cut off handy things and then I already have her hair so I could just kind of like tease my hair up to make it look mullety and then I'm Cassandra from Wayne's World. Ah, that's so good. That's a good one. I saw it on a TikTok. I'm not original. But are original. I love you. I love you. (laughs) That's cute. I we have a show so I haven't been thinking about Halloween costumes. Adam was like trying to because I I really want to do Bob's Burgers. I want all the animals to be the kids. (laughs) I just like picture. But you're gonna be Bob and Adam's gonna be Linda. I have thought that. I have thought that that would be more fun if we if we flip that. We've also thought about doing Rick and Morty. That would be a good one. He's like, you should be Rick though, and I was like, okay. And then you can get the little helmet for the doggo for Ben. What is that dog's name? Mr. I don't remember. Oh, we were just talking about it, too, because Adam says that um, Ben looks like him. He does. Snuffles or something. Yes. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. That's funny. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, should we just do this thing? Should we talk about this stuff? Let's talk about stuff. Okay. Um, Also, uh, while he was incarcerated, that's not the word I'm looking for, (laughs) torture choice. Oh my god, okay, there's there's one. Sick. That's a oh man, fuck. I kind of like forget about this one.